Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Natasha Lucart, and we talk about her new film, Town of Widows. It's currently airing on CBC Docs. You can find it there. Just search for that, Natasha Lucart, and uh, the film Town of Vid- uh, Widows, and you will find it for sure. Uh, this is a movie that's going to appeal to a lot of people. I think currently it's uh, only available in Ontario, but soon to be released as a full-length feature, and it's... It's about justice. It's about the labor movement. It's it's about uh, how Natasha was raised on the picket line and what that meant to her and her family. It's about public engagement and about holding. Um, it's about speaking truth to power and then about holding people involved in 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 uh, this thing we call life responsible for their choices and for their actions. This is about how workers are often seen as well. They're not seen. That's the problem. Workers are often. Uh, invisible. We we talk about trust in the system and about workplace justice and about occupational disease and about why it's so important to follow through on actions. We talk about how evidence is is rarely neutral and and how film is such a powerful tool for for um, you know pushing back against the status quo, quo raging against the machine and so on. And Natasha and I had a great conversation about uh, Peterborough, about Ontario, about issues, about politics and social justice. And I hope you can see the film. If you don't catch the shorter version, the the long-term uh, um, full-length feature is going to be out soon. Town of Widows coming right up. Natasha Lucard. Don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my writing and public speaking. You can purchase a copy of Real Changes Incremental there and uh, get behind some of the work we do. And don't forget face-to-facelive.ca. Lots of interviews there. Uh, we've recently uh, been at TIFF and there's a whole host of interviews, interesting uh, people and places and, and issues that we're going to be talking about. If you want to advertise on Face to Face, you can certainly do that. Please reach out to us and um, sign up for the email. 
Uh, we send it out once a month. It's an update. Get others to sign up for it. Please forward it on to your friends. And if you really are liking what we're doing here, please tell us and and uh, sign up uh, onto iTunes. Very easy to do. And leave us a review there. We would really appreciate it. Or on other platforms as well, Spotify and so on. But iTunes reviews are really helpful. It gains, uh, helps us gain some digital traction and also... Don't forget rabble.ca for more writers and podcasters and journalists, people uh, who are going uh, a little bit deeper. News for the rest of us, rabble.ca. Coming right up, Natasha Lucard on face2facelive.ca. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest here with us today. We have uh, Natasha Lucard here to talk about her new film, Town of Widows, uh, I think just recently premiered and is going to be available on CBC. And I think Natasha is going to tell us all about that. Thanks for joining us today. (laughs) Thanks for having me. So, so maybe maybe we'll get back to the sort of where it is and where people can see it. But 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 why don't we just dive right in and, and sort of uh, sure. capture people's attention? Town of Widows, mm-hmm. pretty provocative title, pretty uh, frankly kind of disturbing, um, really. Yeah. Uh, and as you yeah. get more into the story, the the layers are peeled back. Can you can you tell us a little bit about what's going on from a narrative perspective in the film? Yes, of course. Uh, actually. Uh, uh, I was speaking to someone on CBC last week, and they said Towns of Widow, uh, Widows by Mistake, and I think that's very relevant because mm. there's so many old industry towns like Peterborough where workers and widows uh, are left to deal with a legacy of cancer, and in this case, uh, they're, they're also left to deal with a compensation system that they say is very much stacked against them. And so I, I came across this community uh, when I was doing my master's thesis, and uh, a family friend told me that workers were dropping like flies from cancer after working at GE. Yeah. And so I did my master's thesis around it, and then I thought, I, I can't leave this alone. As we were talking about, I can't walk away from this community. And so I, I figured out a way to uh, to do a documentary, and that's what people are seeing now. So... Um, how did how much did your hmm, how much did your academic work inform mm-hmm. the film? Oh, completely. I mean, I I met everyone five years ago uh, when I hmm. started interviewing people, mm-hmm. and that's when I realized that there are more widows than workers, and uh, so it's the same people pretty much as, as right. when I did my my thesis, and I I wrote it more so it was more accessible, but I still thought you know there's only going to be a select few who read this, and and how do we get these stories heard by the greater public? Because you know, often they're heard in in our you know labor so- circles or social justice circles. But how do we get it so they're they're heard by by the nation? So you had already met most of these people and had a mm-hmm. pre-established sort of a pre-established relationship. That sounds way too formal. You probably were kind of yeah. chummy with them in some respects, and I would imagine it. Yeah, kind of had an impact yeah. on how you stepped into their stories again. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I, I really approached it. Uh, I hope sensitively, and mm. and it's really been the greatest honor to be able to share their stories. And I'm actually looking at my wall right now, and I have uh, a letter that uh, Jim Dufresne, he's one of the main workers right. in the film, and uh, you know he says thank you uh, for doing the master's thesis, and uh, and yeah, for me. I think workers were at that point uh, so grateful that their story was being heard because at that point uh, there hadn't been a lot of media exposure around the issue. And the the town is a company town, so uh, the issue remained insulated in Peterborough. And, uh, and what I saw as we were filming over the last three years 
is there was uh, the Toronto Star Exposé and there was the National Asbestos Ban. So all this momentum happened in the community mm-hmm. that we were just fortunate enough and the workers were fortunate enough to experience, but we also captured. So um, tell me about your, uh, the heart, you clearly have the heart of an activist. Tell, <laughs> t- tell, tell me a bit about that. Yeah, um, I would say that, uh, you know, I was raised on the picket line. Uh, both of my parents mm-hmm. were involved in the labor movement, and they did work around uh, anti-apartheid. And so, yeah, I, I would say I have that, that bone or a few bones in my body. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I saw a community of people that weren't being heard even by their own community, and, and that was tragic to me. And, you know, people dedicating and their entire lives and being so loyal to a company and then, and then having um, your, your whole community overcome with cancer—it's—it's it's really tragic, and and it's um, yeah, it's a huge sacrifice um, at the end of the day that no one should should have. And the and the numbers are pretty astounding as why as well, right? I mean, it was six, I think it was mm-hmm. six hundred and eighty-five claims. Fifty percent of them were exactly. denied out of the gate. I mean, these this is this is kind of outrageous, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, actually less than 50%. It's 43% wow. at the time, or right, as of right now. And that that's even after all the media exposure. Right. Um, so there was this big a review that happened with the compensation board. The, the workers created this report, and they took it to the WSIB and said, look, this is what we were exposed to. And uh, so that was a, a culmination of, of their work, their their study that they did. And um, even after that, you know, 71 more claims were compensated, but that's still less than half. And that's, you know, what happens after all the dust settles with all this media exposure is workers are still left waiting, sometimes for decades on end. So can I, can we just go a little cynical? Maybe you're not, maybe you're just going to smile and laugh at me, but is it really, is it really just about money? No, no. About profits? Um, no, not at all. Um, no, I, I mean, for some people, you know, there is one widow whose husband died when she had two teenage daughters at 15 and 17, and she had a hair studio that her husband had built her in the front of their house. So for, you know, workers and widows like Sandy LeBeau, that money meant a mm. lot, uh, and, and that she needed that money. But unfortunately, it took her 24 years to get that compensation, and that was after all this media exposure. Right. So for some people, yes, but most people, it's no, it's the recognition that my loved one died at work, and and I think that you know if if you gave them a minimal amount, uh, that that would just mean the world to them in, in terms of their their husband's sacrifice that, that right. they spoke of being worth something. Yeah, I mean, it's so great. I'm so glad you 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 went there because to me, and at a certain point, you just have to start asking questions about responsibility, and mm-hmm. and and where did it go kind of so wrong? And I mean, the the and by the way, the map of of carcinogens is right. just yeah. wow. I mean, that's a that's an image I will never forget. Mm-hmm. I've explained yeah. it to a few yeah. people who haven't seen the film, and I hope they do. Yeah. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just astounding. And obviously, there was a lot of factors that came into play there as well. And, 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 uh, but it just shows you, um, hmm, even what we don't know, what we're, you know, what mm-hmm. we're, what we're exposed to. It just raises so many questions. Just, I mean, it could have been exactly. the poster for the film, frankly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. For, for anyone who hasn't, 
uh, seen that that map is what happened is is the workers weren't happy with a, a GE funded report that was of or supposed to be of of the plant, but they said was largely misrepresented. So they took it upon themselves to map out uh, the plant with the different carcinogens and different stickers for different carcinogens. And it's as the Toronto Star journalist explains it, just a mess of chemicals. Uh, on this plant map, and it's also been done on a body map, and it's it's just haunting to see the clusters of cancer even within the body that workers uh, were showing up with. And uh, it was really grassroots science that that they did, and, and they took it to the compensation board, and they said, this is what we were exposed to, and they found 3,000 different chemicals, 40 known carcinogens, and 500 pounds of asbestos being used in per day uh, in 1971. Wow. So very compelling research, all done by workers with the support of their union. Yeah, that's wild. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. I guess at some point, I mean, the money question goes the other way. Is it all is it all about money for GE? Is it is it is it all about holding it back and, and, and about profits right. and so on? And I mean, on a one level, I guess they didn't, there were certain, there were certain science they didn't have back then. They didn't have evidence and so on. But f- for me, right. to me, and I, I hope you can speak to this, and I'm sure you can, but to me, it's about responsibility, mm-hmm. or at least mm-hmm. taking some responsibility right. for the yeah. for for the what then for the for for exactly. what has happened, and, and exactly. in so many cases, I mean, we're not just talking about a few. This is this is this is deeply systemic. Yeah, yeah, and that's what one widow Sandra Condon says. You know, she says. I just want them to take responsibility uh, for for what they did in this community. And now they're gone in the community too, right? So there's this allegiance and loyalty to the company, and, and then they can just get up and leave. And and what do they leave behind is a, a community of, of suffering people, a lethal legacy. And what's interesting mm-hmm. about the responsibility financially is that, I mean, GE has insurance for, for right. all of this. Right. So they have the workers workplace safety and insurance board and a lot of people have this notion that you know we the public fund it when in fact it's employers and uh, so they they shift that burden of responsibility from the company to the the insurance board and then on to the workers to you know prove that they didn't get their their illness from their workplace isn't i mean it's so interesting isn't the wsib and uh, isn't isn't that a i mean isn't that on behalf of the worker isn't that? You would the, hope so. Yeah, that's sort of the you presupposition, so. isn't it? The whole idea. Yeah. I mean, it comes out. What I love too, by the way, yeah. in the film is. And by the way, congratulations on the film. It's. Uh, Thank you. It's an important <laughs> film, and it needs to be seen. And oh, and I've I've heard rumor there's a full length feature as well coming. Yes, yes, there there is. Yeah, so we filmed for a hundred hours uh, over the last three years. So it's extremely difficult to. Um, to make it into a feature length, and then we had to make it into a broadcast, um, which we we're very happy to do, obviously. Uh, so we do have a feature length that's coming out uh, in the next few months, and that will hopefully be through uh, film festivals. Uh, so yeah, if you have friends and, <laughs> and family in film festivals, um, we hope to circulate it that way as well uh, to, to other audiences beyond Canada. So, and will it have the same name? Yes, yes, it will. Oh, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, good for you. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Congrats. Yeah, yeah. So, so you, I was yeah. going to go down the path of, you know, WSIB, workers' mm-hmm. rights, et cetera, on behalf of, it comes out in the film that, you know, uh, workers are often invisible. Yes. Or this notion yeah. that the worker doesn't really exist, and yet it is, in fact, you know, let's use the metaphor of, the, of, the, of, of sort of machines and industry, the oil. Workers are the oil, really, aren't they? Right, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, they keep everything going, and, and yet, what are they left with um, now? Um, yeah, so you brought up, you know, uh, how the the compensation board runs, and it was it was set up originally so it would take the burden of the financial burden off the workers uh, to in, instead of you know pursuing tort law against an employer, which you're David versus Goliath, uh, it, it was set up so there's a shared responsibility system, so the employer pays a, a premium or, or shares the cost, and it was set up so it was supposed to be this uh, no fault system. Uh, but now the it's it's actually changed into an insurance scheme over the last ten years or so. Uh, so now you have you know pages of executives making upwards of five hundred thousand per year, and on the other hand you have workers uh, sometimes struggling for twenty five years for compensation. Um, so what was set up to be a more more swift access to justice? I mean I I personally don't think you can call that justice mm. if if you're waiting decades for for compensation that you have a right to. Yeah, I mean, I, I go back, go back to that responsibility thing for the for the families. Mm-hmm. This is about responsibility, but it's also it's got to be wrapped up in a some kind of uh, uh, the 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 loose ends of injustice, if that makes sense. Right. Mm-hmm. Like no yeah, going to bed tonight knowing that at least we got them to to say it out loud, and we've been compensated to some degree. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I mean, you bring it out in the film quite nicely, and I forget who it is. I think it's Jim and, and Roger mm-hmm. who are having a coffee, maybe. And oh and, yeah, yeah, good cop, <laughs> bad cop. Yeah, that's right. They clearly <laughs> yeah, have a difference yeah. of opinion. Not not everyone's going to be happy, right? With right. with a settlement, capital S, small s, I suppose, on settlement. But but isn't it speaking to some level? Of, I guess just some level of, of of being better humans, of our humanity, of saying, yeah, we 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 blew it here. Right. And, right. and yeah. so yeah. where does, where does, I mean, somebody, and I can't remember who it is in the film, but early on, somebody says that, you know, they're not scientific questions. They're all political ones. They're political um, questions. Yeah. yeah. So where, where, Bob Denadio, yeah. Yeah. Where mm-hmm. does the ego and the pride and the arrogance play into all of this? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, it, when you talk about that moment with uh, Jim and, and Roger and Tim Hortons, and <laughs> there's so many Tim Hortons moments, um, which is very Canadian, but That's uh, right. I think uh, it really it, that also reveals that there's a lack of trust mm. um, in the system, and you know it's like you know the ministry or the WSIB is going to come out with these new numbers, and Jim's like, right, well we've heard that before, and uh, and I think that you know when I first came into the community as well, it's um, it was it was difficult. There wasn't, they had seen people come and go and, and listen to their story to a certain extent and then disappear. Um, so I think that, uh, there was a lot of broken trust, first of all, with the company and then with people coming into the community. And so, um, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question, but it just reminded me of, um, you know, how there, there's been a lot of trust that's, that's lost and that's been broken in this process with the compensation board and with the government and with all the, the powers that be that these workers really came up against. Yeah, it's really, it's, well, I, the, this idea of trust is pretty interesting. I mean, without it, pretty much everything breaks down, it seems to me, mm-hmm. and, you know, some friendly relationships and parental and marital and corporate and so on and our banking systems right. based on it, but it seems like it's sometimes a pretty thin layer mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. and I don't know how, 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 how do you strengthen that? Because we do seem to hear an awful lot of, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of stories like this. 
where, mm-hmm. oh, it's corporate greed, it's all about the almighty dollar, it's about shareholders' profits, right. you know, uh, they, they could take, you know, it's about, a, it's about a little more tax, you know, it's about, pers- right. you know, let's tax the rich and isn't that going to help or the, or the mega right. rich, right? Because I think mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. it's similar edges on the sim- same coin, I think, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I would say that what the remedy is, or if, if there can be one, uh, in, in the structure that we're in, uh, I would say it's listening to workers. Um, that's the first. Hmm. Um, because, you know, they, ha- they have been listened to by the government before, um, but then I would say that action has to follow that because, um, you know, they've told their stories many, many times, and I never get sick of them telling them. Uh, I don't know if they do. I don't, I don't think they, they can. They can afford to. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's listening and then it's following up on, on what needs to be done. How important was, uh, you know, Kevin Flynn, I think he's retired now, he mm-hmm. he was offering up his support, he seemed like a, a community guy, he seemed like mm-hmm. he really was coming alongside, that, I mean, just to all the politicians out there, I mean, isn't this what you mm-hmm. got into politics for in the first place, to be able to do these <laughs> yeah. kinds of things? How important yeah. was that to these uh, these families? I think it was very important. Um it was. It took, you know, the the uh, investigation in the Toronto Star and a lot of media exposure to really uh, make the government act. But I do think in this case that Minister Flynn, I do think his heart was in the right place. Uh, now it didn't really matter at the end of the day, unfortunately, because of how the compensation system is set up. So I think he really did have the political will to mm. bring justice to these workers. But I don't know if he had. The political might, and I don't mean right. that in a slight at all to him, right, it's just right. that, no, that makes sense. the compensation board was set up so that uh, governments would, of the day wouldn't influence the compensation board. Um, but I think one, one aspect that workers really wanted to see, and we didn't highlight this in the film because, I mean, there are just so many aspects to cover, but presumptive legislation. So one, uh, one family, the Condon family, their husband died of brain cancer, uh, glioblastoma, which is incredibly rare. And, uh, and so what they're asking for is presumptive legislation similar to what uh, firefighters have. Hmm. And that's if you're exposed to a certain amount of uh, chemicals for a certain amount of years, then it's presumed that your workplace contributed to your cancer. And so for the Condon family, uh, you know, Ed was exposed to the exact same chemicals as, as a firefighter would be. Um, not just for 10 years, which is the threshold, but for 40 years. And he also died of glioblastoma. And a government agency or uh, health clinic found 13 in, in GE, and the average is 2 to 3 per 100,000 people. So it's significant, and they're asking why. You know, why isn't a factory worker treated with the same value and respect and dignity in the eyes of the compensation board as, as a firefighter? Which I think is a valid question. How how many of those questions remain unanswered, or those yeah, types so of questions? Th- I should say that that has been completely dropped. I mean, I think the at one point, you know, the Condon family was disappointed that that didn't happen uh, with Minister Flynn, but I, I don't know how much ability he had to to make that happen. Um, and then now with the the Ford government, um, I don't I 
couldn't imagine that that would happen uh, under this reign. You know, it's interesting. You you bring up something I wrote down when I was watching the film, and mm-hmm. I studied philosophy for most of my life, epistemology, mm-hmm. actually. So we're you know getting oh, yeah. into questions <laughs> around knowledge and so on. And there was a line from I think, help me out here, uh, yep. but but I think a scientist or a lawyer on the other side. And the line was, we don't want to be quick, we want to be fair, and, and let, the, let the evidence speak for itself. Right. And I kind of laughed out loud when he said that. And yeah. I hadn't, I don't think I'd really heard this phrase, this cliche, in the same way until I'd seen it in context of your story and the film and, and what's been going on with all these families. Because frankly, yeah, you know what? It's really not about the evidence here. It's about the perspective on the evidence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. it yeah, yeah. So it becomes a sociological question. It becomes a cultural question. It becomes a question about power, not about yeah, yeah, knowledge yeah, necessarily. Right? Yeah, of course, of course. And and science, no matter how you want to look at it, is political. I mean, it depends on who's funding the science. It depends on who's doing the science. So I mean, for for them to say that evidence can be neutral, I don't think that's possible. Um, so yeah, what happened in this case for those who haven't watched it, or for those who will watch it. <laughs> is that um, that the compensation board used a report that was conducted by a GE scientist. And what the workers said was that it was uh, it didn't look at exposures, that there was a poor methodology. Um, the report compartmentalized exposures. So it said, you know, where there was a, a wall or a chain, chain link fence, that it was actually a wall. So they, they cordoned off these exposures. And there was some wrong numbers the workers said it wasn't peer reviewed so there there are all these the faults and it was deeply flawed the workers said and experts as well and so it's i don't think it's unheard of that this report would exist and that ge would fund this report uh, but it's a whole other thing for the compensation board to rely upon it and even after the workers uh, you know mapped out the plant and said this is what we really worked with um We've heard from worker advocates that they're still using this darn report. Hmm. So, I mean, yeah, science is political, and and I, I really don't think that, yeah, if you're waiting well, for decades on end, then... I just, I just don't know. Well, and it, it makes me wonder, too, to what degree we, we use data that's convenient. You know, mm-hmm. we, we lean mm-hmm. on the science when it, when it, when it applies, or, mm-hmm. or when it, sorry, when it applies to us or when it applies right. in our favor. When it's and so, to our liking, yeah. Well, and I love, yeah. you know, this is what I love about your film too. You know, here's this story about these families and this is, this is important. This is about human rights. It's about social justice and labor and mm-hmm. speaking truth to power and all those things that are so essential and fundamental to being better humans, it seems to me. But it's also layered on other levels. I mean, you're asking some pretty important philosophical questions here. I mean, environmental questions too. And so I, I love the, mm-hmm. I love the nuance. I love the layers. Um, I love the metaphor of the snow falling. Um, it's uh, yeah. Wonder, wonderful yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, so yeah. just to switch gears just a tiny bit here before I, I want to get back to sort of that environmental side. Mm-hmm. Um, are you, are you on your way to becoming a journalist? Is, are you becoming a filmmaker? <laughs> what's, what's, you, you know, you've, or, or an academic perhaps. Uh, well, I I say that I don't know if I could be all three. That would be wonderful. Um, <laughs> well, maybe you can. <laughs> well, in fact, maybe you already um, are. Maybe I have. Yeah, I, I mean, I did do journalism for undergrad, but I didn't pass the darn French test that they had. Oh, you're kidding! Oh, that's <laughs> um, hysterical. Yeah. So I did journalism and political science for my undergrad, and um, 
Yeah. Um, so I did study journalism. I did practice a bit. And I think filmmaking is such a powerful tool. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a while and it takes a lot of money, um, but it's it's so compelling. And that's what compelled me to, to tell the story through film. Um, you know, if you see the people, if you see Jim, um, you know, one widow <laughs> or one daughter, actually, she texted me after she saw uh, the film and, and she said, you know, if it's possible, I love Jim even more um, mm. because and she knows Jim well now but um yeah they're they're uh such amazing people and um yeah i i would love to be all three and i think really all that matters at the end of the day is that we're telling these kinds of stories in whatever manner is is most effective and in whatever manner people are going to hear the most and the loudest so so to my earlier point about layers and mm-hmm. so on um yeah. um i'm pretty sure it was Jim who said, um, I think he was out on the water and he said something to the yeah. effect of, um, yeah, I've yet to see a muskie smoking. Smoking. Yeah. Yeah. T- yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that and, and why yeah. that's sort of applicable to this greater issue around mm-hmm. the environment and, and, wh- and why we need to be held responsible. Yeah. And I, I kind of, I do want to go back on a, a few things that you mentioned yeah, about please. Jim. Yeah, of um, course. Because it brings, I mean, Jim brings up so much. Um, so he's the, the list keeper. He keeps a list of <laughs> people who have, <laughs> he is, yeah, yeah, and, and he's, uh, yeah, he's incredible. And uh, and he, if you ever go into his house or if you see the film, you know, he's just surrounded by books. That's right. Yeah, it's a great um, shot of yeah. him in his office, I guess, or his yeah. whatever, rec room or whatever the heck it is. Yeah. yeah. So he's a list keeper and a bookkeeper and a uh, book collector. And, uh, yeah, so he, you know, he gathers uh, lists or uh, names of people who have died of cancer and, and also heart attacks, which is a whole other cluster that we didn't get into. And uh, he also, you know, talking about the science of, of how you um, handle science, he was also part of plucking the goose, which is plucking asbestos from the vents and um, putting it in bags and uh, well the workers uh, claims were that they sold it to the community and that's that's a whole other thing we can get into uh, in a second but uh, so you know the compensation board caseworker said well there's there's no building here there's no uh, roof here that, where that could have happened and so it was on, the burden was on the workers to show that actually this this uh, building did exist and that's actually what happened um, and, and for Jim, in terms of the environment, he has, and it, it took a lot to get that scene into the film mm. um, because it's taking us on a whole other tangent. Right. Um, but we just thought, you know, this needs to be told because this is also a huge part of the legacy that companies leave behind. And Jim has such um, a, a beautiful relationship with the land and the water. And um, it's in the feature length, but, you know, he talks about the impact on the indigenous communities downstream and how there's always communities downstream. And, uh, you know, which it is just, which is a principle of yeah. sort of international development, right? What a beautiful, yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like what's going on farther yeah. upstream. It's a question exactly. it's about going deeper yeah. and splash and ripple and all of that for good and for ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he begs those questions in the most unassuming way. And I think that's what makes them so effective. And, uh, yeah, he talks about, um, you know, the the chemicals that the employees that they used to dump uh, under GE's direction in, in, in the lake. And it wasn't just GE at the time. It was, you know, Peterborough was this huge industrial complex. And so, uh, yeah, what, what do those companies 
you know, those companies that they kept, what do they, what do they leave behind? And Jim raises all those questions in, in the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. It raises pretty serious questions about environmental mm-hmm. ethics and where we're heading and, and, yep. and just global responsibility. I mean, you, you being a labor activist and so on, I mean, just issues of supply chains as well and, mm-hmm. and legislation yeah. and transparency. And, you know, you do bring that into the film as well a little bit that, you know, mm-hmm. this is a global problem. This is this mm-hmm. is happening. Cell phones, computers, these types yep. of things are happening yeah. everywhere all the time. And and right. and it and I mean, would you say uh, one of your hopes is that you know you you kind of end the film on the whole? And I love it, by the way. The whole um, you know you got to keep sort of um, oh, what's the, what the, the phrase in the film was something you know keep trying till you change it, but. You know, you just oh, got yeah, yeah, to you gotta keep raging, you gotta keep raging keep against the machine, yeah. right? You mm-hmm. got to keep yeah, pushing yeah. back. Yeah. I love that moment because she catches herself. And if, if you know, they, they can't do it, well, you just keep trying and you keep trying. There's, there's no other option for those families. Um, for the Condon family, Ed started the compensation claim five months before he died and when he was diagnosed. And so the family, you know, they say that they probably wouldn't have started uh, this fight, but they are sure as hell going to finish it, uh, even if it's positive or negative. But uh, I don't, I don't know if they'll stop <laughs> at a negative mm-hmm. response. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a question too of uh, you know the global impact, as you say, is where are these jobs now? Uh, where you know where are these same exposures happening in countries where people have even less means and power and options right. to to speak up? And, and and who's speaking up on their behalf is anyone mm-hmm. speaking up on their behalf and exactly. what are the and what are the implications? Yeah, and can they can they even speak how, up? How do you not? And I'd be interested to hear Jim and others talk about this as well. From and maybe mm-hmm. this comes out in the full length feature. But how do you not, you know, go dark? How do you not go inward? How do you not go um, cynical when when you're pushing back and speaking truth mm-hmm. to power in such a specific and frankly personal and meaningful way? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you're—it's like you've studied this film. It's amazing. Um, there is that moment with Jim where he says, "You know, neighbors are asking. You haven't been in the paper. You haven't been in the news. Um, <laughs> haven't heard from you in a while." Um, and he's usually the one looking out for other people. Is is how checking in with everyone, right? And I think, um, and I've experienced this myself over the past five years. Sometimes you have to take a breather. And you have to recoup and, um, yeah, you, you have to take that moment in order to be as, as big as you can against, against all that's happening. How about you personally? It's, you don't sound, you don't sound like a melancholic soul to me. You sound like, you know, you've got, you, you get out of bed with your, 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 your dukes raised. You're ready. You're ready for the fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've you're, you um, got a history of it in I'm your background. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say I'm always hopeful. How do you, um, how do you, yeah. you know what, Natasha, how do you water that? How do you, how, any, 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 honestly, I, I mean, I've, I've taught around these issues in international development mm-hmm. at Humber College. It's kind of the world that I live in, and I do mm-hmm. find how how do you motivate? How do you you know how do you how do you is and maybe maybe the question is sort of kind of connected back to you know are you a journalist? Are you an academic? Are you a filmmaker? Mm-hmm. Maybe it is yeah. through telling stories. It's it's mm-hmm. connecting with people on a on an emotional level, and just um, I mean I I think that's part of it. Yeah, I I. I... I think it really is the storytelling that that keeps me going. Uh, And, I mean, I can think of a million 
examples of, of what workers have said to, to any question. And they've said it in the most plain speak, honest, genuine, and compelling kind of way. Um, so I, th- I think it's their stories. Um, their stories are also very haunting. Um, so mm. it's, you know, it's, and, and with that, there's a lot of action that has to be done. Um, you know, there are these horrible stories. And I think when I first came into the community, it was very tragic because, you know, the, the community itself um, wasn't responding to, to their neighbors uh, who were suffering. So that was very tragic for me, and that was very difficult to to grapple with. But then I think, you know, as a result of all this momentum in the community, that really kept spirits high, both, you know, with myself, but more importantly, in the community. As a first-time film, filmmaker, I'm mm-hmm. assuming that this is sort of your first, first big step into that world. Um, mm-hmm. How many times did you, or did you, uh, get, get out of bed or go to bed thinking, yeah, I'm I'm done. <laughs> um, I don't I don't honestly think it's ever crossed my mind. Oh, that's um, awesome. <laughs> no, no, it just it just hasn't. I mean, oh, that's yeah, cool. I I can't walk away. I won't walk away. Um, you know, the people aren't walking away. So, and they're the ones who have actually experienced the the trauma and and the loss. So, how can I justify walking away? So that's a commitment to the story. That's, mm-hmm. That tells me something about you for sure, and as a filmmaker and as a person and so on. But I would imagine it's also, I would think, connected to, um, I guess maybe, it, I don't know that you made promises to any of these families, but I would think that sort of comes into it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think there have been no expectations with this project right, um, right. with anyone. And, and I think... Yeah, expectations have been broken for this community before, mm-hmm. and so I think that they're very hesitant to have expectations. Right. But also, yeah, for myself, I had no expectations. I talked to, uh, we we had to hire a publicist who was wonderful um, for the film, and she said, you know, what are your expectations? And I said, I have absolutely none. <laughs> I've had done through this entire process. So, um, you know, if if one community people heard about it, um, that was great. The more people who heard about the story, the better, and it just was incredible that CBC listened to this story and and recognized that this story needed to, to be heard. And I should also say that it was pretty much a team of two, two to four, but mostly two, myself and my colleague, uh, Rob Descartes, who did all the, the filming and the beautiful editing. And so um, I couldn't have done any of this without um, that team of two to four people. <laughs> and, of course, the village behind me. But, two, to f- um, two to four of your closest friends. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's amazing. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. you know what I love, too, about this is you've made a beautiful film. You've made an important one. And and I think you're all, you're also, uh, I would imagine, I hope, buoying the spirits of, of, of filmmakers everywhere, right? I mean, this is, a, I think there's, there, this is about sticking to it and, and being passionate mm-hmm. and being committed yeah, for yeah. the kind of the, for, for, for the long haul. Sounds like this is yeah. about by the time you're done six years all in, is that a fair? Yeah. Move? Yeah. It's, it's been a, an adventure. Um, someone said the other day and, and I think that's true and it's been a roller coaster as well. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's been, as I said, the greatest honor that I've ever had. 
That's uh, sounds like a pretty nice place place to end. Why don't we just Why don't we just uh, sort of wrap it up by telling people sure. where they can get to sure. the film? I'm going to get again. emotional otherwise. <laughs> that's right. I didn't bring <laughs> um, any tissues, and frankly, yeah, we're yeah. It's too, um, CBC Docs. Uh, yes. Online. Yeah. Um, tell Tell us a little bit about that, mm-hmm. and also feature film. If you can give us any more insights on that as well, mm-hmm. when and where, etc. Yeah, so it will. It's streaming now. It came out last Thursday, August eighth, and it's streaming now on CBC Gem, and uh, so that's in Canada only. But we're hoping that in the coming months we'll reach the film festival circuit, and that the story will be heard by even more people who can. I've found absolutely every single person has had some sort of relationship to old industry, GE, mm. or Peterborough itself. So right. Absolutely. I think these stories are relatable throughout the world, and, and that's what we're hoping for. That's what we're hoping to reach. Well, I think they absolutely are relatable, and I've got history mm-hmm. in Peterborough that maybe I can you know, yeah. tell you and my listeners at another time down the yeah. road, but, but I just want yeah. to thank you for your time today. We've been talking with Natasha Lucard about her new film, uh, Town of Widows. Check it out on CBC. Look for it there. Feature length coming in the not-hopefully-so-distant future. Sorry, the <laughs> hopefully-not-so-distant future. And uh, Natasha, again, thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.